This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains mentions and spoilers from the Plated Prisoner series, Akamath, Akawar, Ice Planet Barbarians, A Shadow in the Ember, and the MCU and DCU. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the myth of Hades and Persephone, specifically the retellings of that myth in Neon Gods and A Touch of Darkness. And we're doing this because Jessica Marie read A Touch of Darkness and she loved it. And then I read Neon Gods and I loved it. And then we switched and we both didn't like the the opposite. <laughs> and we figured initially. out. Yeah, initially. <laughs> and then we figured out why, reread them, and now we want to talk about it. And that and that's where we are. And we are just very like excited to get into this. But first, Jess, what is the myth of Hades and Persephone? Hades and Persephone, um, basically Persephone is the daughter of Demeter. Demeter is a god. Demeter doesn't like Hades. They have like this thing against each other. Um, Persephone has to go down to hell for some reason. And the whole time it's like, don't eat the pomegranate seeds. And she eventually eats the pomegranate seeds. And now um, she has to, uh, Persephone has to split half her time with Hades, the other half in uh, the quote unquote real world with her mother, Demeter. And that's why we have fall and winter. Um, the the colder, drearier, dead months are when Persephone is not with her mother. Good, good. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very, what I got. Yeah, we we have a very like bare bones. Like, yes, that that's what we're getting. We're not getting into kidnapping. We're not getting into abduction. This is not. That's not where we are. Okay, we're not getting into the incest that is Greek mythology. Yeah, we're not into that. that that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is more or less kind of comparing and contrasting neon gods and a touch of darkness and. Um, Kind of just seeing the conversations that come from that. And boy, I think there'll be a lot. Uh, So Jess, how about you start out? Tell me why you love A Touch of Darkness. Okay, so I think there's there's a few reasons. I had during the re okay, so the first time I reread it, it's all it's romance. That's I mean, if anybody's been following, that has been like my genre since day one. I loved a good romance. Um, and then you get a lot of that here. I've had some positive interactions with the author, so that obviously makes me want to support her book and have like a really good uh feel. I mean, that's with anybody, you know, if I have a good interaction with somebody and Laura, you know, we've fortunately met a lot of you know people where we're like i want to support your show i want to support your movie we love what you do kind of thing and that's kind of how i felt with the author then today as i was going into work there's this moment where i realized i go wait a second i figured it out what made me love it so much the first time around is (laughs) 
the CW drama of it all. It... <laughs> I was like, because I had read Neon Gods earlier this week at work. I, I read it. Th- that's a whole different conversation that we'll have later in the episode. Um, but I had come around to be like, wait, I know, I, I think I like Neon Gods more. So what is it about A Touch of Darkness that made me love it right away? Whereas nothing against Neon Gods. And I also figured out what I didn't like about Neon Gods. Once I eliminated that, I go, oh, this is a really good, good, like meaty story. Um, With A Touch of Darkness, it's like, I got the drama. I got the romance. I got like a different type of smut that I was more accustomed to. Um, Good nonetheless. Love it. I love it. Like what's consistent? Hades is broody. I will defend him because he is painted out as a villain and he is not a villain in any case. And um, I don't care which story I get Hades as long as (laughs) I get him, I'd be fine. That is really interesting because when we were discussing this earlier, I said, oh, well, you love A Touch of Darkness because she's like a driven career woman who like is trying to get out from the thumb of her mother. Like, of course you love this. Like, that is like you. Right. And I didn't even I didn't even put that connection with him. Usually I am very, uh, you know, even with the Plated Prisoner series and we were talking about the queen there. I was like. Bitch is driven. People can hate on her, but she knows what she wants. And this, I didn't even recognize that. You recognized that in me before I even recognized that. So thank you. Yeah, I was like, oh, like, obviously, it's like so clear. (laughs) Um, So I did not like A Touch of Darkness. I have been clear on that on TikTok. This is like not a surprise to anybody. Why do I not like this? I do not like this because I do not like Persephone at all Mm -hmm. in this story and i feel like that is pretty consistent in the fandom as well like people find her whiny and annoying a hundred percent and i think i i even had said that to you did i like the story do i love hades yes but persephone is being very whiny and she a lot of the problems that she's frustrated about within herself or with other people could be completely resolved if there was communication and you, I know you hate a miscommunication trope. So that right there, it's like, no wonder you hate it. Like, everything could have been solved in the first five chapters. Well, and it's not even, it's not even that. It's just, uh, I just didn't, I didn't like, okay. So the miscommunication, yes, obviously, but then the, the like continued just lack of talking about literally anything. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just, it was just really irritating. It was just really irritating. And then the, you know, she shivers a, a lot. <laughs> she, you know, a lot. It's like, damn. And, and I do like how in a touch of darkness, Hades is like, like the fuck are you cold? Like, what are you? <laughs> Like, what? Because she says he's just, like, shivering constantly whenever she looks at him. He's like, what the hell? Um, and, and, you know, the the horns also. Um, is that uh, typical in Greek mythology or is it just this retelling? Because I never remembered any. I I don't know. I'm not an es- expert at all on Greek mythology. I don't know. But the horns really threw me, man. I don't know what it was, but it took me right out of it. <laughs> it threw me the first time, but I think because <laughs> Red <laughs> Ice Flight of Barbarians. You're I was just like, like okay. <laughs> um, something else that I was not a fan of in A Touch of Darkness is that Persephone is a virgin, uh, and she is young, 
And Hades says, like, he is, like, what, millions of years old, I think he says at one point? He's old. He's a, he's one of the original Greek gods. Yeah, and, and Persephone's, like, 20-something. She's She just graduated right? college. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. So it's, like... Uh, technically, uh, she's almost the same age as Persephone and Neon Gods, though, too. Except that Hades is only, like, 33. He's, yeah, he's in his 30s. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Like, so I, I don't... I do, I, the virgin, the like very young virgin, and the very like infinitely old. It's it's not like a like five hundred year old. He says like millions of years old. I was just like, eh. I feel like eh. because the touch of darkness is more like it's modern, but still aligns with some traditional Greek mythologies. I just expect it with what we know with Greek gods and. Lord knows Zeus is fucking everything left and right. So, I, you know, it, it's just it was just one of those things, because when you compare that to neon gods, if we sh- like shift over to neon gods, that Persephone is totally different. That's my Persephone. I like that. You know, there there's a lot of um, I think I texted you earlier this week. I go. Persephone is giving me a lot of Serafina vibes from like a shadow in the dark, uh, shadow in the embers. She knows what she wants. And at first she tries to project a little bit initially when she's like, you captured me. And he goes, you came over here. I was just fucking standing here. I because he knew he technically couldn't help her. And then once she got past that, she goes, oh, that's right. This is on me. And she also knew that if she left his protection, she's basically dying. Because Zeus is out to kill her. Yeah, that that Persephone takes, like, ownership of her, like, choices. She takes responsibility for her actions. She uh, isn't she isn't really whiny. I mean, she kind of is in the beginning when she, like, locks mm-hmm. herself in the bathroom or whatever. But, like, oh, okay, fine. Part of that is, like, right, she's, she only knows the rumors of this mm-hmm. person. Didn't know he even existed. And here he is existing. So she's probably a little bit in flight or fight mode. And that, so Neon God's Persephone is like, she's got a plan, right? She's like, no, like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. This is what I want. Like, da, 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 da. She's like bullet point plan. And Hades is like. I love it. Yeah. And Hades is like, okay, I will. Yeah. All right. But we are going to do also boom, 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 boom. And we're going to talk about it each step of the way. And we're going to be very clear about about everything. Like, that is the communication. And also, sorry, I'm banging my desk. Um, <laughs> there are condoms in Neon Gods. There is safe sex in Neon Gods. And there is also, like, very casually, I think Persephone says, like, oh, I was with my girlfriend, you know, like, not too long ago. But, like, we got to, like, so, like. And, and he she- said he was with one other guy, too. And he goes, but I have not, like, I am tested regularly. Like, I like that conversation. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's and it's also like not a thing, right? It's like not like a ooh, it's just like a right. whatever. Um, love that. I, I just I just really really enjoy I enjoy Persephone not having to make life in the underworld. I don't like that because the the it's like babies, right? Like that's the that's first imagine- thing. Yeah, that's it. you. That's the first thing anybody thought. That's the first thing Hecate even said. She's yeah. like, oh, you know, life doesn't have to be plants. It could be babies. babies. And she's like, I'm not ready for that at all. Yeah, it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Ugh, okay, I do really like Persephone in A Touch of Darkness, like coming into her power. 
I really enjoy that. And I like that she like has like, it's like dead things, like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, something that I really want to talk about that bothers me in A Touch of Darkness that I wonder what your opinion of is. So Minty, she does not exist in Neon Gods. Like no. there, she there does. Is. She's, there's a mention of her. But there is no like female competitive... I wrote that in my notes. I wrote that uh, what I like about Neon Gods is that it does not pit women against each other, specifically with Minthi, where she she is just a background character. She's helping, like, kind of helping with Hades' estate in a way. And here, she's very much a... You see her the second she gets... Uh, in, in A Touch of Darkness, you see her the second she gets to Nevernight. She's completely crossing so many boundaries. She thinks that she has some sort of... She's entitled to Zeus. Or, I'm sorry, to Hades. There's a part where I would have been a little... Like, the way Persephone... Like, it's the, the tub scene. And Minty walks in on her and Hades. And then, like, Hades is trying to continue. And she's like, mm you know what? She let her assist you. Like she's your assist. I, I am that person. I would have been that. I would have been, I don't want to say petty, but I would have been absolutely like, more importantly, how often does she just casually come in here while you're bathing that she feels comfortable enough to be like, Oh, we missed you. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Ugh. Ugh. So I like, I like that Neon Gods not only has no competitiveness between women, but that they give Persephone sisters too. So she has like a sisterhood of women supporting women, you know, like, and... and, Women protecting women. Yeah, yeah. And also, also, uh, in Neon Gods, Demeter also has a plan, right? Like... They say over and over and over and over again, like, she schemes, but she loves us. We know that she loves us. Like, she's she's cleaning. We know that's one of her tells. And then at the end of Neon Gods, Demeter's like, you know, it would we would have worked this out. Like, this would not have, I would not have let him hurt you. Like, I had a plan here. And she, and she details what the plan was, too. Yeah. She goes, obviously, like, she realized, like, my bad. I didn't communicate that with you. But she goes, like... But she's also, and Persephone is like this too, bigger picture. There's this line that um, that Persephone says in Neon Gods. She goes, um, she's like really emotional. She's about to go back and she's like, but I have to bottle up my emotions and lock it down. There's some filler and she goes, because there are bigger things at play. And just so you know, she is... Her birthday's April 16th, and she's a full-on Aries. And I was like, if this isn't Laura! Well, no wonder. <laughs> well, no wonder. Yeah. She, yeah, I just love her. I think she's, I think she's great. I think she's great. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, just like, go, go, right? You, ha- you have to do the thing. You have to do, do the thing. And she still tells, yeah, and she, you know, even when, like, she gives the little nods, like when she goes back to the upper city, she wears the black. So she, so she leaves her sister there. You know, she's doing all these things where, where Hades is like, I know she's not leaving me. I know there's a bigger thing. She's telling me something without telling me. I know she trusts me. She has a plan. 
I don't know what it is, but she trusts me and I trust her. And then he finds the note where she goes, I hate that I have to do it like this, but you need to know that I love you. Like she didn't tell, like the only part I feel like their miscommunication was, was that she didn't tell him her plan, but everything else is like pretty, pretty expressively out there. Not even out there, but just really open kind of on, on everybody, like, like everybody, right? Cause like, uh, Hermes is talkative, uh, the, like everybody is, and and I find that really interesting too. So it's it's just a whole different setup. The age difference isn't like that bad, and consent. Whoa, buddy, is consent everywhere in this book? It is every step of the way. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and not not just consent too, but like because everything was Persephone's idea, and I, I think that is really important. So it was her idea to like. You know, you are known for this, like, debase me. And then, and then, well, this, that's what this book is. And then, uh, Zeus won't want me because I'm spoiled goods. And it's like this whole thing. And we have to make it real. And this is what I want. And, you know, da, 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 da. but let's talk about uh, the fe- feminism that Hades has when she's saying all that stuff. You have Hades' internal thoughts where he goes, it, like, how frustrating it is that he goes, they believe something, uh, they, as in the upper city and like the other 12 you know, quote unquote gods, um, they believe something as natural as sex can tarnish a person. And that completely uh, aligns with the patriarchal societal belief that, uh, you know, just a virginity in general. Like we we talk about it, but it, it's a concept. It's a construct that was put there by the patriarchy. And he even recognizes that he goes something that's beautiful and natural and they're thinking they have ownership of someone's sexuality is just beyond him. Well, and Persephone points that out when they're in, and this is in Neon Gods, in Hades, like, sex room or sex dungeon or whatever. She's in, he's like, it's not a sex dungeon. When they're by themselves? No, when, when the other people are there. She's oh, like, okay. she's like, I know these people. These people are from the upper city. Like, oh. they're the people that are telling us that we can't. The like, hypocrisy. She's yeah, talking about the hypocrisy. She's talking about of the it. hypocrisy of it. And, and Hades is like, yeah, but like, you know, they're here in the dark and they can do whatever they want. Like, that's, that's what it is. And she's like, it's not fair. Like, this isn't fair. And, and I, I like that because as, as you were saying though, um, there is like a story here in Neon Gods, um, a little bit more so than there is in, yeah. A touch of darkness. How do you feel about that? I okay. So it took me the set the first the first read. I will say that I was like, and we talked about this on our Instagram live. We had I said, you know, I wasn't. It was a good book. Probably just wasn't. I wasn't that target audience it was meant for. And you said, and not like a call out. You said, is it the voyeurism? And I go, you know what? I think that had to do with it because that's just not for me. Um, that doesn't mean that it's a bad book. Or, and the writing's great, and there's a story there. And I, we had discussed earlier this week, I said, you know, take the voyeurism out of it. Because that, I go, there, there is meat there. There is, the story goes beyond the voyeurism and the smut. There are politics at play. They, they are trying to concoct, concoct this plan because Persephone is just trying to get away from all the gods in general, initially. Um, she's waiting for her 25th birthday so she can a- access her trust so she can physically, like, financially leave because right now she's tied with the lack of finances. And they're figuring out how do we get there and how can we make it work 
in all of our favors. And I, and I, I like that. And it's kind of figuring out those pieces. I, I, I just really appreciate that. I also like Persephone's journey in Neon Gods too. And, and Hades recognizes that he's like, you know, nobody up there knows who you really are. Like you are cunning and vicious and, you know, you are willing to like make a point and do anything, you know, for the people that you love. They have no idea. Uh, you know, she's this like, uh, like, like shark, I guess, like underneath there. It's just, I, I really enjoy that. And we get that, um, you know, all the smut scenes that, that we have are kind of like peeling away layers between her and Hades. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then at the end, you know, in the epilogue, they have like their public sex or whatever. And, you know, that's her like, you know, she's owning she's owning all of herself and, you know, that journey. Um, and, and I do really like that. And it resonated with me way more than Hades learning how to bake cookies uh, <laughs> in a touch of darkness. I am sorry. What the fuck is that about? I I could not. I could not. OK, like. There's a lot of like suspense, like, you know, I can do, I can, I can do that. I can suspend all the things, but like that was a stretch for me. <laughs> I just, I, I just can't. And then they're just like banging in her, in her room later and, and her, her mom, mom pops in. in. I was just like, <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. I was just dying. Um, oh my God. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That that whole thing. I really like how they use her her Cora, you know, for Maiden. I, I like that a lot in A Touch of Darkness. Um the the toxic women in A Touch of Darkness just really threw me off. I, I don't know what it was. Like it's the mom, it's it's Minty, it's you know, her friend. Uh I don't remember Lexa? her name. Lexa. Like she's she's you know, she's great. Um, love her. In regards to Neon Gods, because you, you were talking about, like, the peeling of, away of the layers, like, the more intimate they were together, there's this part that I really... And this goes back to the consent. This goes back to everything is within um, Persephone's plan. And there's there's a specific scene where she's like, we're going to try again. We're going to try again. We're going to we're gonna do it in front of everybody. And she's, like, cold bullets sweating and he's stressing out and instead and like he can read her at this point and instead of checking in with her to be like are you sure you want to do this he took on that responsibility to be like you know what i don't want to fuck you and she was like what what do you mean you don't want to fuck he goes no not into it not feeling it tonight my turn my consent don't feel he took that like that was such a sexy scene like that moment because and this is the whole female gaze of it all he took that pressure off of her because he didn't want to put her and he says he didn't want to put her in a position basically you know how us we get as women we're just like tell me i can't do something i'm gonna prove to you that i totally can and he didn't want her to feel put that on herself because she's always taking on things herself and she's never looking out for herself in general and he needed to be the one he felt like he wanted to take ownership and do that for her and he really really liked that scene. How did you feel about the possessiveness of Hades in Neon Gods? Well, he says he says things like, you know, you're not taking care of your body, like you are running yourself into the ground, like you need to eat, like doesn't anybody ha- like don't you have value on your life? Like does that rub you the wrong way or are you just like okay? 
I don't think I don't think I thought of anyone. I, it almost seemed like it didn't seem possessive to me. It's like when you have a friend shake you to be like, you're not being healthy. You're not making healthy choices. Like you, like even when I try to do revenge sleep, you go, Jess, like you've been, you worked 36 hours in two go days. To bed. I think you need to sleep. That's kind of how I took it. I didn't take it as this alpha male thing. And, and I, and even if it was, it wasn't just towards her. He has a whole community that he definitely, he, he, looks at every single individual and has a story with every single person. And he's like, yep, this is the thing we go through every week. I say, let me pay you. He doesn't let me pay. Like, and it's, it's like their, it's their little, their shtick. And I, I don't think it was like a personal thing towards her. I think that's just how he is as a leader. And it's, we've had this conversation before. You have a difference between people, managers and leaders. And even Persephone says, she goes, these people are willing to like go to the forefronts for him. Like, Zeus rules in fear. These people will do whatever he says because they want to, not because they have to. And I think because of that, that just is just ingrained in who he is as a person, not so much as a character flaw. So in Neon Gods, we get Hades like perspective, right? We get his like inner monologue. We don't get that in A Touch of Darkness until the very end. And then there's like actually a whole book that's book. It's called A Game of Fate. And it's A Touch of Darkness entirely in Hades perspective. Right. So do you feel like if if those two books were combined, right? And it just like one big so you get so you had Hades like inner monologue with like Persephone in there, do you feel like that would be that would be different? I've read both of them. I'm pretty mm-hmm. much all caught up except for a touch of malice. And I don't think I need a whole book on on Hades POV, but there are there are moments where I was like, "Ooh, I want to know his side." Like, I liked knowing his side of things, but I don't need a whole book on it. Okay. Am I going to am I going to read every single one? I'll probably traditionally read it cuz I cannot stand the male audio nar- narrator. Yeah. Yeah, the the audio was quite the journey here, <laughs> kind of on both. Kind of on both. Uh, but we have very different experiences yeah. with the audio. Yeah, I am not a fan of the A Touch of Darkness audio, specifically how um, <laughs> Hades... I'm laughing because we already talked about How Hades uh, says, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like goofy. It just it drives me <laughs> I'm going to reread it and I'm not going to unhear it because I like the narrator for A Touch of Darkness. I was so happy that she signed on for the f- future books. I could not get past the male narrator in Neon Gods because he sounds like this stodgy old like, decrepit yeah. man. I was like, you do not sound hot. I do mm-hmm. not want you fucking me. <laughs> nope. But I like the female narrator. She's, yeah, she was like, she's good. Was- like... I don't know. It, yeah, the the audio. Well, and the, in my reread for Neon Gods, I because of like how crazy work was, I read it through audio. But the first time I read it, it was traditionally. So I don't know if I do find it really interesting that both versions of Hades and in, in these books are like essentially the same. Yeah, They're like six foot something, beard, long dark hair, you know, dark eyes. Like yeah, all about it, all about it, all about it. Um. I just really have, and I I said it earlier, I have a problem with the sex in A Touch of Darkness. 
I have a problem with all of the shivering and the and the fingering <laughs> and the like handsy stuff. And then I have a problem with the no conversation about birth control or unprotected sex. Um, you know, I don't care that they're gods. Like, then say that. You know what I mean? Like, we, we are gods. We have mythical birth control power. Yeah, or like gods are sterile except for boom, boom, boom. Like, give me, give me a reason and then I'll be fine. But there was nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. Because if you're comparing, you have, you have condoms like reach for constantly in neon gods. And then you have the conversation of them talking about like, well, do you want to like not wear condoms anymore? Because I have like the, I think she has the IUD. The like, IUD. Yeah. 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 She's like, you know, I have this. So, and then they have that conversation and then they have another conversation where they say, if at any point you feel oh. uncomfortable about us having like no condom unprotected sex, just say the word and we go back. And you brought up, uh, I completely forgot about this. And that conversation goes both ways. Cause every, which, you know, as much as we're here for, you know, feminism, she makes it a point to check in with him to be like, look, is this, if you want it, this isn't just about me. If you want to still wear protection, I totally respect that. And he's just so taken aback because he goes, nobody ever asks what I want, you know? And I think it's just, I think there's that within Neon Gods and there's, and it's actually like my favorite scene. um, He has, it's, it's that respect and the equality that it's a partnership. And he even says like, he brought, and that's the scene where he brings her to her th- his throne, very much like Reese does with Feyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, he's like, "This is I am telling the world that I see her as my equal." And then again, the, in that scene, like he goes to his knees before her, and it's all just so wonderful. And he's like, "I thought she looked like a queen before." She's like, "God's damn goddess!" And we're like, "Yes, it is. It's good. It's good. It's good." And yeah, I, and I like it. And I, I like that, which is so funny because you said like you like the CW of it all in A Touch of Darkness. Uh, but in Neon Gods, it's like Persephone the, is the one that has to like go to the press conferences at the end and like talk yeah. to everybody. And like Hades has to be there with her with all the speeches and, and she's stuff. she's taking lead on everything yeah. too. I just, I do. I love it. It's, it's, it's just really interesting. It's very, very interesting. Um, So... Yeah, obviously, obviously, I prefer Neon Gods. I, I, here's the thing. I like A Touch of Darkness, but like, I read Hades POV. It didn't move me. I don't care. And I can't, I can't like continue there. It's just, it's just not for me, but that's like fine, right? Like, that is not a problem. And I recognize the things that I like and that I don't like. And in this instance, I prefer neon gods and like like all the checklist things right i have a question that i just wasn't sure how it's categorized regarding the relationship of a trope so people like to so quickly jump to enemies to lovers with this typical with the, with anything to hades and persephone's but with neon gods they're not enemies they're clearly lovers it's not like a bodyguard thing is Fake it kind dating. of like fake it's fake dating okay because then i was like is it kind of grumpy sunshine but then what is a touch of then is a touch of darkness straight up enemies to lovers because i feel like i i don't know i think they're both grumpy sunshine because they they say like both hades 
say to both Persephone's, like, you look like sunshine, you taste like sun, you know, da 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 So that, uh, yeah, so it's grumpy sunshine, and then neon gods would be fake dating, because that's, that's like, their, their that trope. That is what it is, yeah. And then um, maybe enemies to lovers for A Touch of Darkness. Okay. So it's, so it's a grumpy sunshine with a subgenre of enemies to lovers in A Touch of Darkness. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I was just curious. I was I was trying to categorize it. Don't you think? Like, yeah. I don't know. Listeners, what do y'all think? Yeah. Because they are like, she's like, I'm going to write about you whether you like it or not. And he's like, you will not do that. <laughs> Those are my voices, by the way. I'm clearly an aspiring audio narrator. Uh, so if we're if we're talking about like favorite retellings of Hades and Persephone, obviously we're talking about these two books, but you know that's a court of mist and fury. That is, yeah, yeah, that's you know people will people jump on it, but it's a court of mist and fury. It's there's a list. There's like a a oh, big you found good a good list. Well, they'll be in the show notes. Yeah, but Laura found a few. Um, so I'll just read like the first couple. So this is just one. So it's obviously like a touch of darkness. And then Receiver of Many by Rachel Alexander, Persephone, Daughter of Zeus by Caitlin Bevis. Um, then there, there's just like so many. Deal with the Elf King is on here. I had no idea. It's just sitting in my Kindle. Yeah, there, there's just so many. Radiant Darkness, The Eighth House, uh, Hot as Hades. <laughs> and then, um, over, over here we have, um, Ruby Dixon, Sworn to the Shadow God. Daughter of Earth and Sky, um, the Court of Asphodels, King of Shadows, there, you know, Promise of Darkness. I am trash for a Hades and Persephone retelling. I'm wearing my Hercules sweatshirt right now. Oh my gosh! Um, like the bad guy, the Awaken. There's there's a lot there's a lot out here. Um, but then of course we have the comics, and the comics are fantastic. Uh, lore, of course, and uh, what is the other one? Uh, I think Thief of Spring, and no, there's there's a few, there's a few, but lore is the big one, and that's the one we we love. So obviously, there's an enormous market for it, and I guess my question to you, Jess, is why do you think? You're making me think. Yeah, I know. I am. I am. Why do you think we, I mean, I say we, like the royal we, um, like we, everybody, love this story so much? Like, why Why are we continuing to, like, retell this myth over and over and over again? Is it because we all want to be kidnapped and taken to the underworld to be a queen? Because, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say no to being a fucking goddess. Yeah. Uh- um, I, I think there's a lot to unpack. I mean, it's everything where people talk about. I mean, we briefly talked about it in our villains episode, but I, I stand firm. We've had this conversation outside the podcast and it wasn't even in regards to these books. It's everybody's so quick to attack uh, Hades as this this bad guy, as this villain. But if you take it from what he is, you have... The god of, you know, the heavens, Zeus. You have the god of water, uh, you know, Poseidon. And then you have the god of the underworld or the afterlife. That doesn't mean hell, you know? And I guess heavens is the wrong word because if you think of it in a spiritual way, it's just the afterlife. 
There's no good, no bad. It's just after. And that's what he's overseeing. But because death is always just synonymous with something bad, we're so we just want to kind of pocket him there. And there's something that Hecate says in A Touch of Darkness where she goes, you know, everybody's so like, everybody's talking about it being this end of end of days, end of life. But she goes, but here it's really just a new beginning. And I think that's an interesting way to look at it because if you think of Hades as just the god of new beginnings, it completely, you change the narrative of who the person is. And that's just what he is. Like, yeah, he has a bad area for the people who are like shit people and like while they were living. But then you have this area where people are celebrating him. They're having coronations and then there's kids and they're happy and that is like there's just there's more than one afterlife in a way and i really like if you change the narrative and think he's just the god of new beginnings that's a different way that you're like hey that's not bad plus i think we in the royal form we're still seeing different authors have a different take on this retelling and it's interesting to see how they shift it like katie robert doing it very modern pulling from the the mythology as opposed to a complete retelling i really it, it just brings it a, a new a new take on it or when sarah does um Akimath, somehow these retellings just put in a new breath of fresh air of these stories that we love so much and something that i find interesting is that there is no mention of kidnapping in these like uh so persephone in neon gods like actively run like make she sure was asking the bridge. him like, to help yeah, her she's got yeah. her hands out like please help me please help me and then in a touch of darkness um you know there was a bargain that was made but like she comes back like she you know it, it's it's that whole thing so you know there is no kidnapping it isn't like a damsel in distress kind of thing i have right. to say like in, in both um, Neon Gods and A Touch of Darkness, the Persephone is just like, no, 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 I am not okay with this. I don't like this. Like, let's, let's work on, you know, all of that. Um, uh, something that I do also find interesting about this is that the, the, the like lower city in Neon Gods, um, is, is like kind of like an ancient, like kind of old, like feel, you know? Because they say that the upper city is very modern, and in a touch of darkness, there's like a there's like a little like square, right? Like like markets and stuff. It, touch of darkness feels very college town. That's how I see it as. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was just as you were saying, interesting to see the the what was pulled from mythology and like what was the author's own creation here, and like what is consistent throughout. Um, very, very interesting and in, like what the emphasis is kind of in both. And um, I would say it's Persephone like finding her herself. Right. Well, and from like a physical, not a physical because it's book, but I guess from a visual standpoint, when you're talking about the cities, my, it, the upper city, even though it was newer and sleek and the way that they described how people kind of like, the community kind of ruled and like ran in fear and these gods and these towers and everything. It reminded me of DC versus Marvel. Marvel is light and bubbly and peppy and blah, blah, blah with a touch of darkness. And then you have, 
even though it's upper city, it's dreary, it's controlling. So you have like the DC movies, like the DCU and the MCU. <laughs> That's how. And we're just going to sprinkle some glitter and there's some issues, but like everything's fine. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. That is like the perfect, that's the perfect thing too, because like Neon Gods is like a sex dungeon and A Touch of Darkness is like a casino, like, you know, or like, know. A, like gambling, like a nightclub. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so good. Um, so just the spice levels here are very different. We have the, the, but I like them. <laughs> yeah. We have the voyeurism and then we have, you know, um, a little bit tamer, more private. I'm going to say more private. I think I don't think it's tamer, yeah. but it's definitely more private. Yeah, more private uh, in, in A Touch of Darkness. Um, you know, they're both good spice. They're both good spice. I prefer Neon God Spice. Uh, they're l- l- less, less fingering. Eh. Yeah, but like, because I feel like maybe that's because she was a virgin. There was a lot of foreplay leading up to like their final, you know, intimacy. Which, so... wait, 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 wait. which now that you're saying that out loud makes me uh, think of um, that. Where was your impaling comment? Share. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. So there's this line, and and I touch a dark where He goes, and he was impaling me over and over again, and I was so good this week. I was like stone cold face. I could be listening to these stories anywhere. I mean, and I did. I was doing interviews. I was doing a lot of stuff for work. And I was like, no. And I was texting Gloria. and nobody knows what the hell is going on in my head right now. And today she's talking about how he's impaling her over and over again. Like, that does not sound pleasurable at when for I'm a thinking, virgin too for a like, virgin like when I'm getting impaled I'm thinking like there's knife maybe there's a pipe you know maybe there was some action sequence that I got hurt with a rod I'm not thinking about a penis entering me that yeah. is just there's just so many other words about something being inserted in you and and in a pleasurable way that should not have been impaled. I think thesaurus.com could have helped with that one. Yeah, because it makes you, like, think of pain. Yeah, I flinch. I'm like, yeah. I mean, and you know what? If pain was, like, her kink, like, that's fine. by all mean. But, but, but it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially because she's a virgin. It's just, like... Yo, it should. That's not the first word that should well, come maybe, to mind. Maybe because she was a virgin, it felt like it being impaled. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> something that I did appreciate is I do appreciate the descriptions of like fullness. She, they want to be filled. Yeah. Uh, that is kind of consistent of in all kind of spicy books, and I just find it very funny, and I enjoy it, and wow. I I like the like. 40 or so phrases that are used in spice, you know, over and over and over again. I oh, yeah. love them. They they just make me Enlarged. so happy. Enlarged. Yeah, like in, in, at the hilt. Yeah. <laughs> god. To the hilt. <laughs> to yeah. the hilt. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> the, yeah, just there's, there's so lots much. of lots of circling, lots of wetness. Yeah, it's just lots Cuffing. of Yeah, the lots of cupping of sexes. (laughs) 
Why is that? Whatever. You know, I'm not an author. I have no marketable skill. So that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, it is, though, amusing. It is it's amusing. It's so amusing. My, my face is red. I'm laughing so <laughs> It's easy. So, Jess, which so you have reread these now? Yeah. Um, has your opinion stayed the same, or has it no. changed? It's it's changed, very. It, but whereas I could comfortably say, you know what, Neon Gods isn't for me. I can switch that and say I like Neon Gods. I can reread Neon Gods comfortably. Um, do I, will I still read A Touch of Darkness? Yeah. And it also what was nice about it is that I felt like I didn't have to think. You know, where there's some like deep fantasy books where I go, you know what, I cannot multitask. I need to focus on this. I can multitask with A Touch of Darkness. So I think it just depends on what is the mood I'm going for. If I mean, if I'm coming off of a Vampire Diary binge, I'm probably going to segue right into A Touch of Darkness. But if I want something like meteor i'm looking like i'm already excited now that with we we just did a reread of neon gods we have electric idol coming out january 2022 yeah and and that is a whole slew of books like she has exactly coming out exactly exactly um katie roberts just announced actually her 2022 kind of slate and she has two slots that say like secret projects uh, so it'd be very interesting. Um, I don't know how these authors can just like pump out these books. It is amazing. And, and I love that they're so active on TikTok too. So we can like kind of see the process. Like yeah. it is just fantastic. Oh my gosh. It is so exciting. So, um, the, the next book in, in Neon God series is about Orpheus. Is that correct? I believe that is the case in Euricity. Psyche. Oh. Psyche and Eris. Ooh, Psyche and Eris. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was Euricity too. Yeah, in the ultra modern city of Olympus, there's always a price to pay. Psyche Demetrio knew she'd have to face Aphrodite's jealous rage eventually, but she never expected her literal heart to be at stake, or for Aphrodite, Aphrodite's gorgeous son to be the one ordered to strike the killing blow. Eros has no problem shedding blood. Raised to be his mother's knife in the dark, he's been conditioned to accept that he's more monster than man. But when it comes time to take out his latest target, he can't do it. Confused by his reaction to Psyche's unexpected kindness, he does the only thing he thinks to, of to keep her safe. He binds her to him, body and soul. Psyche didn't expect to find herself married to the glittering city's most dangerous killer, but something about Eros wakens a fire inside her, uh, her she's never felt before. As lines blur and loyalty shift, Psyche er- realizes Eros might take her heart after all, and she's not sure she can survive the loss. Yeah, that sounds good as hell. I want it already. Everybody that has these arts. So I'm just going to be a basic person. Just like, say, please, I will take please. it on release day. Just <laughs> let me have it, please. You know when you're like waiting at 12.01 and then you realize it's 12.01, like PT, not ET. And you're just like, Ugh. at least for me, you have it early. Like I'm like, I guess I'll wait till morning. Oh, that's incredible. I am very excited about that. Um, wow. Wow. So... I I was thinking like wh- why why do people really like the Hades and Persephone like retelling? It's like well, you know, I would imagine that people like the idea of being queen, right? Mm-hmm. Of being queen of a place where you are um, away from like the pressures of 
of of like, like your li- societal yeah norms. right like you you are queen of like your own dominion you are like loved by your husband and like yeah maybe you got there in like some weird ass fuck way and maybe don't we all <laughs> don't we all and maybe you had to make a deal to get there and maybe your mom's a little overbearing and decides to you know stop the world from growing food okay yeah we all have been there um, <laughs> I I just I just really I I find it really interesting that like out of you know there's a lot of Greek myths and stuff but like this one is the one that gets all the retellings like most of the retellings and uh i think that speaks to 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 what so like this, are we br- is this like one of these like deep like childhood trauma things that we're not realizing till our fyp tells us you like heritage and persephone because you have mommy issues or or you just want to be like loved and accepted in a place where you feel cons- completely comfortable and worshipped by all the people around you and known like every that's another consistent thing is like even though we talk about like there is communication or there is miscommunication there is an awareness that they have between each other that's unspoken yes 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 yeah, maybe we're all just really broken and have issues and just really like this. And, that, and that's why, that's you know, fine. That's, that's why fine. we can collectively do this together. Yeah. No. Do you have do you have like a favorite scene? Do you have a favorite scene in like both of the books? Do I have a favorite scene in both of the books? Because um, I know obviously Neon Gods is your favorite, but yeah, like there has to be something you can pull. From A Touch of Darkness. I, I, yes, I like all of Hecate in A Touch of Darkness. Every scene that she's in, every, everything about her, every time we see her, every time we meet her, I love everything about her. Uh, I I think she's getting her own novella. Yeah, which is fantastic because I would eat that shit up. Uh, In A Touch of Darkness, what do I like? My favorite scene, my favorite scene is when they meet in the very beginning and they have the banter over the poker. And that, like that, I, I like the... You the, love like, a banter. I, mean, I love there banter. There really wasn't a lot of banter in either Mm-mm. of these. No. no. There, there's more banter in A Touch of Darkness, because, or in, sorry, in Neon Gods, because uh, she's a little... There's the back and forth of it all when they're... Yeah, and there's a little bit more, like, viciousness, like, more bite with mm-hmm. her. Um, just because the way her character was written. But, yeah, uh, my favorite scene in Neon Gods is when she is on the throne. That is yeah. that is it. That is it there. Bam, bam, yeah. bam. Snap, snap. All the things. Uh, yeah, no, that, that those are my scenes. Although, you know, as much as I will sit here and say that I do not like how the women are pitted against each other in A Touch of Darkness, it was satisfying when Minty was turned into a mint plant and she had wilted leaves. <laughs> that amused and- me. I respect that she handled her shit herself. Mm-hmm. I do. I yep. really like that. She's like, I'm not telling him because the second he tells, sh- he she tells him she knew he was going to insert himself, even if she said, no, don't. On the flip side of that, there was also like nudes out there essentially of him too. And I feel like he should have had, he had the right to know that this is like, look, this is what happened. This is why I turned her into a plant. Like, after fact, I feel like he should have known, you know, because the fact that Ale- that Lex's boyfriend knew before the actual person is kind of wild to me. I mean, come through, best friend's boyfriend. Like, yeah. we love that. Yeah, we love through. that. We love when we can get along with, like, our friends, significant others. It makes such a difference. Yeah, that 
Yeah, that that's the thing. So like the the petty bitch inside of me is just like, yeah, get her. Get her, yeah. get her, you know? I and then she's like, so this is... And she gives her... She gives him that... She's better than I am, because that fish would have been dying. Like, oh, yeah. that's water, you. Well, and that's what she said. She's like, well, Alexa kept her alive, because I totally forgot that she was in her, like, kitchen window. Like, I, <laughs> I have such I a love black thumb. I can't... I, yeah, no, I... Yeah, everything dies. We have a friend care, who's, like, so good at... She's she so has good. the best green thumb. And you're just like, Wow. Good, good. I all the, the catering she does to these, it's just um, a praise. Yeah, and I love it. I I also really like that Persephone is not in the young gods because there isn't like like tangible like magic. Um, that she isn't like um, shackled to like goddess of spring. Um, like <laughs> she's just like a daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, I think, well, she's not like a goddess of anything because of the way the political like the. Demeter is her mother, quote unquote, but Demeter is essentially a title. Right. Right. So she doesn't she doesn't have like that kind of external like weird pressure on her the way that Persephone does because like her magic, you know, like is stifled because her mom like kept her hidden. In a touch of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, in a touch of darkness. Yeah. So like like that whole storyline. So like that. Mm. And I, f- I feel like though that aspect of both of their characters are like so fundamental and like that's why. Um, like they're so different, right? Like, like that's kind of like a base thing. I'm looking, those are all of my points. I think I've made all of my points. They're good points to make. This is fun. <laughs> this, this is fun. Um, if you are still listening to us, if there are other books that are similar, um, that can be read, like just like a one-on-one like this, uh, let us know because this is really fun and I think it would be interesting. Um, cause I cannot think of any other ones off the top of my head. To compare contrast, or you mean Hades retelling? Or you mean like other, like do a compare, like how we're doing this one? Yeah, like another compare contrast with similar stories like this, which I feel like would have to be like retellings. But it, you know, if they're like, let let, let me know, let me know, let, let us know. We give us something, give us something. I feel like everybody usually, when it comes to retellings, it's usually the, the Hades and Persephone retelling you see a lot of. Shakespeare. Yeah, I was going to say Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, Shakespeare's. Yeah. But like, what What else? G- give me something. Give me something. Like, I would love, I would <laughs> I, love I to know. know. I know. So like, please please let us know uh, if there are like, books out there that are, are similar retellings that we would love to know. I would love to know it. I'm very excited about this. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Please feel free to reach out give us little messages dms we look forward to continuing this conversation as it is 2022 which is crazy to think uh, that we've been doing this for over a year now we appreciate everybody and thanks for listening thank you so much have a great day bye